Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Good morning. Hey, have you ever experienced not belonging? Have you ever had that sense that you're not seen, that you're invisible, that you're in the dark? Maybe the dark clouds of life have overshadowed the things that are great, the things that are good about life. Have you ever felt that? I have. I'm sure there's people listening today who have felt that at some degree. You see, our lives, we have these incredible moments of light and clarity and direction and purpose. And at the same time, we have these moments where the dark clouds come and surround. And it's in those dark times that we can be really impacted, right? That can really impact the view that we have about our own life, our identity, our sense of purpose and our sense of self-worth. And we can feel at times like the dark overshadows the light. But today I want to encourage us that Jesus, the real Jesus, illuminator, he is the the true light who overcomes the darkness that is around us. He shines on us to help us to see ourselves the way God sees us, to help us to experience the incredible love and life of God that propels us into a life full of purpose. We can be confident of this as we read the Apostle John, who's talking about Jesus in John 1, verses 4 to 5. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I love that. The darkness of a stigma does not have to define us. The darkness of status does not have to form our identity. And the darkness of sin doesn't have to seal our life's trajectory. Jesus, the illuminator, he shines in the darkness. He overcomes that darkness for us. And being in relationship with him brings light to our Lives, And I want to illuminate this today. See what I did there? Pardon the pun. Through an account of Jesus healing a man born blind in John chapter 9. And I'm going to use the board a little bit. You can write notes as we go. And there'll also be some of the points coming up on live chat. I hope you're all connecting there. Let me set the scene. Jesus is in Jerusalem for a festival. And he's teaching in the temple. And all of a sudden, he's moving out of the temple. He's leaving the temple grounds. He's in a hurry because some of the claims he's making are ticking some of the opposing people off. Some of the Pharisees are getting ticked off with some of the claims that he's making, including some of the claims like, I am the light of the world, he says in John 8, 12. And so he is in a hurry moving out of the temple grounds. And we pick up the story here in John chapter 9, verse 1. 
As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told them, told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. The man born blind, he's at the gate of the temple, likely begging for money. He's at the gate of the temple. And his world is an invisible world. It's a world of constant sounds, sounds of talking, sounds of interaction, sounds of groups of feet rushing in and out of the temple. And the temple as well as the synagogue, it, it represented community for the Jewish people. Being physically in these surroundings of the, the temple grounds and the synagogue meant that you belonged. You had value. You were in the very presence of God. It meant that you were in. And the question by the disciples to Jesus, it highlighted the belief of the day that this man, due to the circumstances of a physical ailment, was not in. He was out. He was left out. He was left out. Hence his position at the gate, on the outer. And there was a stigma. There was a, a mark, a, a stain placed on this man. He was given a label based on his lack. Whilst others enjoyed the light of seeing and belonging, being in community, being in the very presence of God, this man was in the dark, the darkness of a stigma. The darkness of a stigma. Can you think of a time when your identity was defined by a stigma? When you were left out because of it? I can. Many times with many different stigmas and some of these stigmas are put on us by others and some we put on ourselves. Oh, you're that blind one. Oh, you're the stupid one. You're the one whose marriage has fallen apart. You're the one who can't handle his finances. You're the one who has that secret that no one knows about. You're the one who can't get their life in order. You're the one that's never been able to get it together. Stigmas, they're humiliating. They're dignity destroying. And we can feel stuck in a stigma and more and more all we can see is ourselves and life through that dim lens of a stigma. But when we are living in the darkness of a stigma and we can't see a way through, Jesus sees us. Jesus sees us. Oh, I like the way that sounds. 
Jesus sees us when we can't see him. He sees us with our stigma. Not to justify some theological position, not to rub that stigma in our face, not to pity us and say, oh, there, there. Jesus, the illuminator, he sees us with our stigma so he can shine his light on us and he can shine his light on the beauty and the worth and the dignity that we have. His light overcomes the darkness of a stigma. He shines on what really matters in life, on who we were really meant to be. Jesus responds to the question from the disciples by saying, it's God's desire, not, not, not sin. Let's not focus on the sin of who sinned, but it's God's desire that he would work a miracle in this situation. And then he uses this powerful analogy to contrast day with life and night with death. We must do the work of God the Father whilst we can, whilst we can see, whilst we're alive, Jesus is saying, because when night comes, no one can work. And he says, whilst I am here, I am the light of the world. You know, the incredible life-changing truth of what Jesus said was that when he was talking about night, he was talking personally for him about his death on a cross. The ultimate sacrifice for all of humankind. And you know what? It's his death. It was what was done in the darkest moment of human history that would be the catalyst for the ultimate illumination, his resurrection, victory over sin, love and life and restoration of relationship between God and man. Light came in to the darkness and the darkness could not handle it. Man, that's powerful. This is how Jesus is the illuminator. He can turn the most horrendous situations into the most glorious ones. He can turn dark moments into life. He can uh, light. He can turn death into life. He can turn dirt and spit into sight for a blind man. This is so eye-opening, again, pardon the pun, for us as humans who want everything neat and tidy and predictable. When we think we have God worked out, the real Jesus illuminator comes in the most unexpected way. Dirt, spittle, to make mud, to put on already blind eyes. I don't know about you, but whenever I get dust or dirt in my eyes, it doesn't enhance my sight, it makes it worse. And then with this mud on your eyes, go and swim in the pool. It's madness. All I can think of, all I can picture when I think of this, this spit and this mud is when I was growing up, and, I'm, and maybe you can attest to this as well, and I had you know go out playing as a young boy and I have dirt on my face, and I'd come in, and my mum or my dad or my auntie, it's always an auntie, I don't know why, they would see the dirt on my face and they would get out their hanky. Who still carries around a hanky? Put it on live chat if, if you still carry a hanky around. And they would lick or, or put a bit of spit, this is disgusting, on their hanky and then they would wipe my face with the hanky to get the dirt off, to make me clean. 
Jesus illuminates in unexpected ways. <laughs> Maybe the stigma that we are carrying is part of God's plan to show us his power. Jesus sees us when we can't see him. What we see as dirt can be used by Jesus as an agent to clean us. And there's no pattern other than to trust and obey. And so this man trusts Jesus. He obeys him and he is healed. He can see. Born blind for year after year, can't see, all of a sudden can see. The darkness of the stigma is gone. That's what Jesus illuminated does. Now, strange as it seems, you'd think his whole life would open up for him at this point. But things don't actually get much better for him as soon as he can see. His neighbours, they come up to him and they try to work out what's happened. Hang on, you're seeing, you're standing in front of us, you were a beggar at the gate of the temple and all of a sudden you can see. Can, can you tell us what happened? All this man does is, is keep coming back. It's this man Jesus, this man Jesus. He had an impact. He had an impact on me. And the neighbours are not really accepting this story and so they bring him to the Pharisees. They bring him to the religious elite of the day, either into the temple grounds or in the synagogue. But finally, this man who has been at the gate, who has been on the outer for so long, is all of a sudden in. He's in the temple. He's in this place of belonging. He's, he's in this place of community. He's in this place where the presence of God is. This is awesome for him. But his experience was very different. Because amongst the Pharisees, he encountered the darkness of status. The darkness of status. This man encountered pride. He encountered rules and religion. This view that to be virtuous, you had to perform. Now, the Pharisees were a very learned people. They were a very right-living type of people. And this status of knowing more than everybody else and being better than everybody else formed, defined their identity. Others were intimidated by them. And this also formed their identity. But here's the thing. With all the knowledge, with all the better living, the Pharisees didn't make life better for those around them. They were constantly just reminding others that they weren't good enough. Jesus, illuminator, confident in who he was, confidently willing to give up his heavenly status to become a human being. He not only made life better, but he transformed, he made new life for everybody around him, regardless of what status people held. As a result of this, though, Jesus was a threat. He was a threat to the religious elite. And I wonder if we can think of a, a time in our lives where we've chased status. We've chased that position, that title, so that we would be elevated in other people's minds, that reputation. I have. 
And it can be so intoxicating. That the applause, the accolades, it's awesome. But it can lead to an addiction of status. Or maybe we've experienced the other end of others using status, their status, their reputation, them being better than us to control or belittle us. And we get that sense of feeling worthless. The man born blind who can now see comes before the Pharisees in the temple and they interrogate and they belittle and they make him feel worthless. They won't believe his story. They keep asking him. They're trying to trip him up. They're trying to pull out a falsehood in his story. He has to tell his story four times. He keeps coming back to the fact it's the man Jesus. It's the man Jesus. He came and his presence in my life healed me. All of a sudden, I can see. They don't believe him. They bring his parents in to, to attest to him, to attest to his Story. You see, by healing this man and healing him on a Sabbath, Jesus exposed the darkness of status, of pride, of legalism, of religion. Jesus' illuminator showed this man that his love outshines religion. Jesus' love outshines religion. Jesus' love outshines. Religion. I'm a messy writer. I apologise. So for us, when we don't feel like we match up, we feel like we don't make the grey, we don't follow the rules, we don't carry the right... Status, Jesus comes. He comes into that very place and he shows us that his love outshines religion, outshines all of that. His love is available for every human being. Jesus illuminates to us that he is sovereign. He's sovereign over the Sabbath and his very presence in, is in actual fact our Sabbath rest. But for the status-hungry Pharisees, it was clear-cut. The Sabbath laws had been broken by Jesus. He made and applied clay. He healed a man, a blind man. They were all forbidden on the Sabbath. You know, they should have been praising God for a miracle. They believed in the miraculous power of God. They should have been praising God for this incredible miracle. Instead, they were looking for a way to arrest Jesus. Talk about party poopers. I would not want to go to a party run and organised by the Pharisees. No way. But the status, the blindness of, the darkness, sorry, of status had blinded them blinded them from seeing God right in front of them. And because this man, born blind, who could now see, because he confessed and believed in Jesus' illuminator, we read in John 9.34 that he's thrown out. He's thrown out of the temple. He's excommunicated from the community, from belonging and from God's presence. He goes from being 
left out to being kicked out. Where does he go? What does he do? He's kind of back to square one. It's like he's back at the gate. No one's looking out for him. No one's loving on him. He doesn't have a sense of belonging. What does he do? He doesn't fit. He even had an opportunity to fit in and he's kicked out. Ever had a sense of not fitting in? Ever had a sense that no matter what the chances we've been given, we're still kicked out? Maybe we don't match up in our place of study, in our friendship group, in our workplace, maybe even in our families we may have experienced being misplaced and displaced. Have you ever felt not enough? Not enough for others, not enough for ourselves and not enough for God. I mean, how could he really love me? My flaws, my weaknesses, my failures... When God sees all of that, there's no way he could love and accept me. I wonder if this man had those thoughts after he got kicked out of the temple. Let's read on, John 9.35. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man said. Tell me that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Finally, the man is with and can see the real Jesus. But he hadn't gone to find Jesus. This is the beautiful thing. This is the most powerful thing. Jesus went to find the man. Motivated by love. Motivated by compassion. This man, Jesus, went and found him. This man who had lived a life of being left out, who had then been kicked out, was now being sought out by God himself. Powerful. Jesus, illuminator, comes to this man. And he cuts to the chase. He cuts to the reason he came, not only to this man, but to all humanity, to this world. He came to expose and deal with the darkness of sin. This sin that would tear apart, this sin that would push us down, this sin that would keep us in the dark. He did that by shining a light so bright, a light and a life and a love of God so bright on us that our spiritual eyes would be open, that we would truly see God, that we would truly know God, that we would come into his presence and love God, and that we would be restored in relationship with him. Jesus illuminator made a way for us 
to step in a relationship with God. And this affects our identity. This affects our worth. This affects our purpose. Jesus comes to find us when we have been rejected. He comes to find us when we have been rejected. Jesus Illuminator. He comes to give us sight. When we're at the gates, left out, Jesus sees us when we can't see him and he overcomes the darkness of a stigma. When we're in the temple and then we're kicked out, Jesus' love outshines religion and overcomes the darkness of status. And when we are rejected, Jesus, the real Jesus, comes to find us, shine his light upon us to overcome the darkness of sin. This man's spiritual eyes were opened by Jesus Illuminator. As he confessed his belief in him, in Jesus as his Lord. It all made sense for him then. When we see his response, we know it's made sense. He sees Jesus as God and he worships him. That is a natural and normal response when we come into the presence of God. And you and I, every one of us, is sought out by God for relationship with him, to be set free, to be forgiven, to have his love poured into us, to have our eyes open so we can truly worship him. And that impacts and affects and, and, and makes our identity sealed. It causes our worth to come alive, our purpose to come alive. And he helps us to see how much we are loved a great uh, impact on my life uh, passed away this week. Ravi Zacharias, apologist and pastor, and I was trying to weave in a, a quote uh, of his just to, just to honour him. And he talks about God's love like this. In every other system of the world, life precedes love. In Christianity alone, love precedes life. God in his love has created us. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.